In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. History makers. Since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 A.D., the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Pastor Lex Akers from Hills Church, a Wesley Methodist church in Everton Hills in Queensland, Australia. Uh, he's a good buddy of mine. It's good to have him on the line at the moment. How are you, Lex? Oh, I'm doing well, Matt. It's lovely to speak with you. Now, mate, it's good to hear you. And uh, before we get into uh, finding out a bit of your story, you told me a, a funny story a while back about a Kiwi receptionist who answered the phone at your church. Do you want to share that with our listeners? I'd love to share that with you. Um, We had a receptionist, yes, from New Zealand, and um, our church is Hills Church, as you would have just heard. But unfortunately, with the New Zealand accent, um, as she answered the phone, she would say, uh, good morning, it's Hells Church here. (laughs) And uh, I I did have to have a chat with her and say, you know what, I, I love the New Zealand accent, but you're going to have to work on that because it's not Hell's Church, you know. So it may feel like hell at occasionally, but... It's <laughs> yeah, well, I know you've got a little bit of heaven where you are right. uh, at uh, at the Wesleyan Methodist Church, and uh, I've, I've really uh, been enjoying uh, get, getting to know Lex. Uh, uh, we're part of a mentoring group. Pastor John Lewis uh, has a mentoring group. Uh, he's uh, one of the fathers of like the AOG church movement in Australia, and Lex and I get invited along every few months to have a, a great feed at his place, and uh, he mentors us and teaches us uh, all sorts of things to do with ministry. And uh, just recently, Lex uh, shared about uh, a thesis and a doctorate he's a part of at the moment and uh, he's probably going to turn it into a book at some stage and I said mate we should do an interview about that that is brilliant stuff so we're going to be finding out a bit about that shortly on the program but let's find out a bit of uh, Lex's story so Lex uh, you were you grew up in the highlands of Papua New Guinea Uh, tell us what life was like for you as a young fella well my memories are all about excitement and adventure and uh, so uh, I just remember it being an absolute fantastic time um, you know, schooling with my mother, teaching me, um, I was probably the worst student in the world, um, get the schooling work done as quickly as I can, go out and play and never turn up until it was dark, you know, so <laughs> great adventure, I loved every moment of it. And then were missionaries, were they? Yeah, my parents were missionaries, yes, in the highlands of Papua New Guinea, and um, we lived in a, a remote outstation, and it was basically just our family, and, um, you know, it was um, fantastic. And, mate, um, they're right into sport there, aren't they? Did you get into a bit of rugby league and a bit of cricket? Did they like all that soccer? Did they like all that stuff? Uh, yes, they did, but um, I was never very sporty. That's a, a sad story, but um, <laughs> I was never very sporty there, and I haven't been very sporty since. And I understand that at the age of seven you had a uh, conversion experience. Tell us about that. I did, and, um, you know, I guess in some ways I, I've probably been pretty much a Christian all my life, but I remember that at the age of seven, Someone in the village had a dream that Jesus was going to return in the next week, and um, I figured I'd probably better get some things sorted out. So uh, my dad said, you know, well, here's how you receive Jesus, and um, I certainly was willing to do so. That's been my life. And Jesus didn't come back that week, did he? 
He didn't come back no. that weekend. Uh, it's been uh, probably another 41 years since, and he still hasn't come back, but I still <laughs> am willing to serve him and happy to do so. Well, hopefully he'll be back soon, hey? Yeah. Um, now, uh, Lex, uh, what did you do? Uh, like, when did you come back to Australia? What age were you when you came back to Australia? I was a, a 10 and 11. 10, 10 or 11. 11, okay. Yeah. And then what did you do after school? Did you have a career? Did you get straight into ministry? What, what did you do then? Yeah, I didn't go straight into ministry. I think when you're a missionary's kid and a pastor's kid, you probably try very hard to avoid doing some of that work because it can be difficult. You see how it's put stress on the family. So I went into a career and I did uh, civil engineering, working in that for about six years. And then I understand you mowed lawns for a season too. I did because I found out I'm not very good as an engineer. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really like it very much. And in some respects, I was probably trying very hard, like uh, my middle name may have been Jonah, (laughs) and I was running away a little bit. So I decided that I'd start my own business mowing lawns and did that for about three years. Okay, so when you you say you you were running away from God... Mm. Uh, what was life like for you in that season? Um, I think what happened is, you know, um, I tended to live a bit of a double life, a church life and a um, personal life, and they didn't marry up very well, um, trying to be perhaps a good Christian but not really experiencing the power of God. So I kind of um, exited the church, uh, decided to sell my business, to travel around Australia, and I ended up in uh, Queensland. and. Uh, with a minister named uh, Phil McCullum, and um, he discipled me and helped me to find God in reality for myself rather than a borrowed Christianity or, uh, you know, and it, actually I felt like at 27 years old I, I was finally converted. Wow. Mm. Well, isn't that an amazing God incident, as you know? Uh, you know, uh, Phil McCallum uh, has been a good friend of mine for many years. Uh, the, the church that I pastor, he actually planted that church, for those who don't know, and uh, he's certainly impacted a lot of people over the years, we actually interviewed him on, on History Makers a while back. Uh, got to share his testimony. He's now based in the USA. Uh, so uh, Phil uh, uh, was running the church at the time, and you were impacted. Uh, how did you then get into ministry? Yes, yeah, so um, I had studied Bible college a little bit over time, and um, then I – look, it's still – it's a pretty long story, but um, eventually into ministry it was a guy who came to me and said – you know what, I'd like to plant a church um, and I'd like it to be like this. And I liked what he spoke about. It was very much a um, a Bill Hybels model church based on uh, seeker sensitivity. And I really felt like that if church could be like that, I'd be interested in that. And so that kind of pushed me back into the thoughts about ministry, which I, I'd had a call since I was about eight and ten I'd felt called to the ministry and probably been running for quite a number of years, and that pushed me to go to Bible college and and uh, plant a church. So that's how I got back into ministry. You got in, back in ministry then. I understand for a season you were the, uh, is it the uh, the district oversight for mm. Queensland or, or South East Queensland, that's was right. it? Yep. So journeyed through um, youth pastor, associate pastor, uh, church planter, and then um, I kind of skipped the senior pastor rung, if there ever is such a thing. <laughs> and... Um, I took on the role of like 
uh, we call it district superintendent or re- regional uh, manager for the Wesleyan Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a conversation the other day, Lex, about uh, my conversion experience. When I was 15, mm-hmm. I actually came to the Lord at a Wesleyan Methodist youth camp yeah. uh, with Pastor Don Hargraves. Uh, and uh, we have a, a whole bunch of mutual friends. And we actually did go to a, the same youth camp together, yeah. or young adults camp. Uh, an American preacher named Dwight Robertson was there. And uh, Phil McCallum was one of the speakers. That's when I first met Phil. Uh, uh, and uh, it's been it's certainly been an, an incredible journey for me uh, seeing the Wesley Methodist Church in Australia. There's about 80 churches around the country in the Wesley Methodist Church, and uh, very Bible based, and obviously, uh, you know, uh, with a great legacy from from John Wesley. Uh, so you've been involved in that movement for a season, and yeah, then you ended up pastoring Hills Church, like we've just been talking about before, uh, and you really just had this burden on your heart to preach on prayer, so much so that you've preached for 12 months at your church on I prayer. So, I mean, did that just bore people crazy or, you know, did, were you creative? Like, how, did, how did you get that out there for 12 months? <laughs> well, it's interesting. Um, prayer is something that we we are often too simplistic about. You know, mm. we well, prayer is very simple, and yet we don't always understand um, the, the foundations of prayer, how we get our prayers answered, what God's looking for in prayer. We go quickly to petition, and we say, God, I want this, I need this. But there's much more to prayer. It's about who God is. It's about how we respond to Him. It's about being in His presence rather than just hurling a bunch of requests to Him. It's about praying in His will, asking Him for the things He wants, not the things I want. It's about having a thankful life, about praising Him, and so on. And so our requests actually fit in the in a long line of many other things that are really ultimately about our relationship with God. Prayer narrowly defined as being just a, 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 a com, uh, some statements I make to God is really not re- understanding prayer. Prayer is more about every bit of my relationship with God, which includes reading the Word. When mm. I read the Word... It allows God to speak to me. And if prayer is a conversation, then I speak to God, I hear from God. So reading the Bible is also part of prayer. So that's the kind of thing that uh, takes about 26 weeks of the year to preach on. <laughs> and I actually ran out of year before I ran out of materials. I just love that you're, uh, you're, you're very passionate about uh, teaching the Word of God and making disciples. Uh, I know on your website, uh, it's got there a little bit of a bio on you, and it says, uh, as a senior pastor, you see a role as a shepherd slash equipper. It's your job both to care for the church and make disciples. And you say your favorite part of your job is you love it when you see people discover a new truth or engage in the disciples of life. And that's part of your passion, not just to see converts, but to see people become disciples. And teaching them in the Word of God and prayer is, I know, very close to your heart. And you've written um, a thesis. You've, you've just been, you know, completed a doctorate. Yeah. Uh, tell us uh, about uh, how that all came about. Well, because I'm passionate about discipleship, and it begins very early in my life, my parents set great example in reading the Word and applying it and the importance of that, and then and prayer as an important part of the relationship of God. And so I learned over time that disciples are made best when they understand some of the key uh, principles of um, becoming a disciple. It's not just sitting in church, hearing a sermon, um, you know, it's actually engaging in the text. And, and the Bible tells us clearly that uh, we shouldn't just be, um, you know, drinking milk all of our life. We should learn to chew on a bit of meat. And so the word and prayer is a way that helps us that. And so my doctoral thesis basically was that um, we should teach people the tools and that the church's role is not so much to provide a, a wonderful uh, program and a, and a shiny kind of happy experience, but to teach 
disciples the tools that will help them feed themselves and develop a relationship with God. It's really not rocket science, and so in some ways I, I guess it's like stating the obvious. But unfortunately, many churches don't uh, spend a lot of effort on helping individuals to grapple with the things that they need that'll keep them going in the faith, regardless of whether they're at a church that's you know got 20,000 people in it that's doing wonderfully, or a church with three old ladies and a dog in some back, backyard town. Um, faith is not based on the experience around me, but my relationship with God. And that's best done by tools that I use, like learning how to pray and reading the Word. And I know uh, we had a conversation the other day, Lex, about uh, how important it is to have, I guess, a, a plan to pray yes. and a plan to read the Word of God. Um, tell us about your uh journaling and you know it's called soap devotion scripture observation application and prayer tell us about how that fits into your uh your your plan to read the word and to, and to pray yes well um we certainly have been inspired um setting up of the soap uh, journal as you said scripture observation application prayer uh, we try to involve our whole church in the um, idea of reading the word that they could learn to hear from god themselves through the word and um, it's been a wonderful experience for our church um, with a clear deepening of people's relationship with God. We've discovered that the, the Bible itself tells you how important it is to read the Word, how it helps you to live a life of blessing, how it lives, helps you to live a life of fullness, how it can correct you, rebuke you, train you to be in the right state with God. And so... The, the, you know, the, the Bible's literally full of good reasons to read it and great blessings you can experience. And so our, we feel like we've got to do our best to get people into the Word so they can read it for themselves. There was a day when the Word was locked up and only the preachers could share it with you. Those days are gone. We all have access to the Word, and so there's no excuses anymore. We, we need to get in the Word. It's right there for us, and it can help us. And that uh, that plan uh, of reading through the scriptures is actually you read through the New Testament twice each year and the Old Testament once each year. I've been doing it now for about seven or eight years now, and I've just found it's just revolutionised uh, my knowledge of the Word, my uh, discipline. Uh, you know, uh, setting aside time each day to get into the Word, and and you go back over your journals and you go, oh yeah, that's what God spoke to me about, and and you find a lot of your preaching comes out of it Absolutely. too. So it's like you're bringing fresh bread uh, to the the congregation when you speak. Not just rehashing an old sermon or something, yeah, you know, sure. uh, and uh, it's such an important thing. And, and what about prayer, um, Lex? Because let's face it, everyone's busy. Yep. Everyone's uh, always on their smartphone. They're always on their computer. They're always listening to the radio. They're always got the TV on. Um, how important is it that we set aside time and switch everything off and just seek the Lord? And, and you know, when's the best time of the day to do it for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, for me, I'm, a, I'm an evening person, um, so the evenings are good. And you know what? I find it a struggle, just like everybody else. <clears throat> I'm a senior pastor, yes. So what I do is I meet with people. Whenever I'm with someone, I pray. So, you know, if I talk with someone, we talk about God, we'll always have some time in prayer. You know, uh, I will go to prayer meetings as often as I can if there's a pastor's prayer meeting or if there's enough. I'll, I want to be with people and I want to pray. How important it is, it's essential. But, but what people must understand is prayer is not something you necessarily tack on to your life. Prayer is like this relationship with God that I have. You know, I can be praying to God, being intimate with God through um, conversations, through my life, through uh, the day. And I think that's actually a key to Christianity because sometimes we compartmentalize our Christianity into 
this is the time that I do prayer. And we forget my relationship with God is not based on a small moment in time. It's based on my whole life. The Israelites, they prayed the Shema saying, you know, this is the day. And in this day, God is God and I should be in relationship with him. They closed the day with the same prayer and their day was lived in relationship with God. Think prayer is that big, you know. And uh, that's the thing I think that changes the way you think about your communication with God. Well, mate, it's been such a pleasure to catch up with you today and I've um, just been inspired uh, by hearing you share about uh, your passion for the Word of God and for prayer and uh, to have a relationship with God. That's really uh, the key, isn't it? Uh, mate, if people want to find out more about your ministry, I guess uh, the best website is the, the Hills Church website. Is that the one? That's the one. Okay, it's hillschurch.org.au. People can search for it there. And if you'd like to uh, uh, check out any of these resources, I know that uh, uh, Alex has got some great uh, CDs and booklets and uh, information on uh, the kind of stuff he's been sharing uh, today. Hillschurch.org.au is the place to go. Pastor Lex Akers, thanks for joining us today, mate. I reckon you're a history maker. Thank you, mate. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. Order your flash drive with 20 of the best History Makers interviews now at historymakers.tv for just $19.95. All proceeds will help History Makers Radio and TV share the gospel all around the world. Order now at station sponsor, historymakers.tv. You'll hear interviews from Mark Burnett, producer of the Bible series and Survivor. Musicians like Paul Coleman, Mark Schultz and George McArdle from the Little River Band. Also Kate Brax, winner of MasterChef 2011, former Olympian Elka Whalen and many more. Order now at historymakers.tv.